special shout out to our sponsor, Qualia. Qualia is the category creating digital closing platform used by thousands of lenders across the country to seamlessly work with their title and escrow partners. By working better together, Qualia is powering lenders to deliver a differentiated closing experience for their clients. Through real-time communications, closing status updates, and workflow management, Qualia brings lenders together with home buyers and sellers, title and escrow agents, and real estate agents for a secure and seamless closing experience. Qualia is proud to have been awarded the Housing Wire Tech 100 Award for real estate as well as CB Insights FinTech 250 Award. Discover how you can work more efficiently with your title and escrow partners at qualia.com forward slash innovators. That's Q-U-A-L-I-A.com forward slash innovators. Well, hello, everyone. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the Mortgage Innovators podcast, where we deliver fresh and hopefully entertaining insights on all things mortgage and the innovation propelling the mortgage industry forward. My name is Sue Woodard, and every Tuesday, you can find our rotating group of co-hosts who all share their own very unique connection to the industry. And today, I am thrilled to have my co-host, Michael Guidotti, here with us today. How are you doing, Michael? Hey, Sue. Glad you are here, and we are joined by another very special guest today, CEO and co-founder of Sales Boomerang, a man who needs no introduction, Alex Kutschishin. Wow, beautiful. Well, what a wonderful introduction it was. <laughs> Thank you for having me. How did I do with the pronunciation, Alex? You did fantastic. You know, I, I always tell people, look, if when in doubt, just say Alex from Sales Boomerang. But you know what, Sue, you have mastered getting my last name right. So, so it's awesome. Thank you. I've worked on it. I, I actually remember, I think it was sometime last year, you did something with your own team on LinkedIn. I remember a video, <laughs> like a competition to see if they actually knew how to say your last name. This is true. And everyone failed. Uh, I, I noticed that <laughs> from your home country failed himself. You know, so, That's right. You know, yes. what are you going to do? And Hey, Alex, I'm so grateful. Michael and I are both super grateful to have you join um, for the session forewarning everyone that Alex is joining us from an airport, which is where you can find him a lot of times these days. Um, which airport <laughs> are you at, by the way? I'm at BWI getting ready to fly into Atlanta for the NAMBA conference. Delightful, and we'll be we'll be seeing you there uh, tomorrow. Actually, yeah. so forward to that. Yeah. But I say that in case there is any um, announcements or so forth. We told Alex you just roll with it. And we'll make it a part of the show. So we're glad to have you. So um, Michael and I have been talking a little bit about what the conversation that we wanted to have today. And this whole podcast is about technology. It's about innovation and kind of where the industry is going. Obviously, the industry is going through some some shifts, like everything else in our life, right? But the industry is going through obviously some changes, some shifts. Um, you know, volume is is coming down a bit. It's going to become more competitive. There's going to be a little bit, um, you know, some uh, competition for those customers. And I think we've there's been a lot of attention now that's starting to focus on how do we really start to develop, you know, those those connections with our with our our borrowers, our customers. Now it's not just about like, hey, you're lucky enough that we're going to be able to, you know, get you locked in and maybe closed at some point. Now, you know, as we shift to purchase, it's kind of uh, we've got a lot of refinance muscle memory and we've got to go back to saying, hey, purchase is really, really different. And so we really want to talk about like the technologies that enable really great communication and really great connections between humans. So. I don't know, Michael, I want to turn to you first and just kind of get, you know, your thoughts and perspectives on the topic. And then let's kick off the conversation with Alex to get his insights. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, to your point, Sue, I think, you know, it is really understanding how we're going to leverage, you know, the, the technology in such a competitive space and really the, the life story, the life cycle um, of your relationships with your borrowers. I think up to this point, we've heard a lot and had a lot of conversations around the point of sale technologies or the in loan process technologies. But I think now taking a little bit of a step back and looking, you know, you know, almost you know, on the, the post-close side and, you know, what, what are you doing as far as you know, what technologies are you using to really enhance those, those life journeys of your relationships with your clients? And I think to your point, you know, Alex, perfect person to, uh, to speak to that. Uh, that's really one of his many areas of expertise that I think we can learn a little bit from. Absolutely. So Alex, on that note, tell us, what do what do you, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are your thoughts on kind of what's happening right now? So, Renee Rodriguez, who you all may know, uh, is, is a coach of mine for, for improving my stage presence, my communication cadence, uh, the sequencing of, of, of information. And one of the things that he taught me is that when you're on stage, do not fill space with nonsense. Don't just talk for talking's sake. And that translates very well into this conversation. Moving forward, actually not moving forward. It should have been yesterday. But today and moving forward, if you are opening your mouth, you're sending an email, you're putting something in the mail, make it valuable. If it's not valuable, don't do it. If you're sending a text, if you're sending an email, if you're engaging with the consumer in any way, shape, or form, if it's not valuable for the consumer, don't waste their time. That is, the, that is the, 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 the biggest difference that we're seeing uh, personally from, from everything we're sort of observing out there is that people just, they, they, they want to talk to someone about the things that are valuable to them and they want to hear from someone when there is something that they can take away from the conversation or a product that's being offered. And so we see way too much um, uh, spam style communication, spam style outreach, uh, where the, the value isn't there. And then because we're having this compressing market, because the number of customers, and let's really define compressing market, the number of people that may need or want your service is shrinking, not because their desire is shrinking, but because the opportunity for them to take advantage of what you have is the number of, of people who, who can take advantage of the opportunity is just getting smaller. So if you are going to have a chance, right, if you're going to have a chance to reach out and, and, and communicate to someone, one of the most important things that I can say and, and share with everyone here, only do it when it's valuable. Just, just, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just repeat it again. Don't fill in space with noise because you don't have many chances to be heard. One of the things that, that our, our, our lenders that we work with uh, tell us so often is, Alex, we just need a chance to be heard. You, Michael, you and I have had this conversation several times, but they need a chance to be heard. So if you're getting that chance, remember, because there's a few, there's such a small number of people now, when you get that chance, make it count, make it count, make it valuable, make sure that you are adding value in every breath. And this is Renee's teaching with every breath, you're adding value and, and not just once in a while. So um, just from a high level, before we dive into tech and all that, want to start the conversation with that add value with every breath 
I think it's a it's a great place to start it from because I think to your very good point, especially when you think about uh, you know digital communications. I, I read a stat the other day that people actually have more information to try to, and messages to try to process and filter through now in a 24-hour period more than somebody in the 18th century had in their entire lifetimes, right? And so yeah. if you have to capture that attention and you have an audience with someone, say something that's got meaning. Um, Michael, your your thoughts on that? interesting point that Alex kicked us off with. I think it's such a good starting place because I think all of us can think of the things that hit our email inboxes that are just what he said, which is spam. And what do we very quickly do? We either delete it or I set up rules to automatically put certain things in, in a certain folder because I know that it's not <laughs> adding value and I don't have time nor do I want to read it. So I I don't think that he could have started in a better spot than where he did because all the technology pieces, again, they're only going to take what we're giving them. So starting with, you know, how does this tech add value to my relationship with my client is I, I think, I think it's spot on, man. So Alex, yeah. dig into that. What, are, what are you finding when you're saying, Hey, if we know we've got this precious attention and this precious time that we really want to honor with the, you know, either people in our database or, you know, customers that are reaching out, prospects that are reaching out, what kinds of things are you seeing that are really getting attention and making good use of that time and providing value? So, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a really, that's a, that's a really big question. There's many ways we can, we can approach that question. So if we're just looking at, Hey, what is that thing that I, as a consumer, um, want, want to hear about? we first have to understand, do we understand our consumer? <laughs> do, you know, to be able to add value, this is what's interesting, right? I, and and I, uh, we've had this conversation many times in, in general, but I'll, I'll bring it all up again here. Um, it's when you can't advise, right? And, and remember, this industry was really proud. And there are many of us, many of us in this industry that are truly focused on advice and consulting. But, and this is a big but, you can't advise or consult unless you know what you're advising or consulting on. And a consumer is not created equal. A home is not created equal. Let's go even further. Every loan is not created equal. There are nuances. So the first thing you have to understand is your customer, right? So the first thing you need to understand is what will be valuable to them. If I start to talk about how to take advantage of a jumbo loan product to someone that is nowhere near being in a jumbo loan, then I'm once again, just filling space, trying to push somebody into an area that maybe I've been asked to do more of, right? Hey, let's sell more of this jumbo product because we know jumbo is coming back in a big way. But if I'm a customer that, that, that could not and will not do that type of loan, you've not just wasted your resource, uh, you've also really lost me as a, as, a, as a customer to go, you get me, and so you're, you're, you're giving me what I need, right? And so the first thing to kind of uh, to start down this path of your question is to, to be able to give people things of value, you gotta understand what's valuable to them. And so it's, it's investing in your, your understanding of your customer base, your database, 
Uh, who's in my database? Why are they there? How long have they been there? What was the last transaction like? What's happening in their life? Has something changed? Has something changed that I could have an impact on positively? Has something changed that could impact them negatively? What is happening with my customer base? And, and by the way, once you understand your customer base, you can also start to understand your prospects. There are many lookalike customers out there, right? So understanding what you own, what you have in-house, it's going to help you look outwardly and be able to communicate that same type of message that resonates. Remember, there are a lot of people in similar scenarios. So once you understand yourself and your audience that's already in existence, then you can position that better for future prospects, leads, referrals, and opportunities like that. So um, I would say, you know, to, to get the ball rolling, it's understanding who your customer is and what's important to them. Um, right. and, and so... You know, there's there's many technologies that help us do this, right? So one, I'll I'll, I'll give a shout out to, uh, to to Homebot here. Homebot does a great job helping connect the consumer to um uh, to uh, to the lender, uh, and and align their interests by by aligning the information. You both see the same things. You can both talk to the same things. Of course, um, I I I would not be doing my, uh, sales boomerang a service if I didn't put us in the mix. We're a borrower intelligence company, so we specifically give you the information to give you reasons to talk that are all value-based right um so those are the types of technologies that are very important to look at i'll go i'll give another shout out to a company called capacity if you guys haven't heard about capacity definitely look into them they have they have really um improved uh, the the way that our uh, you know loan officers and, and and teams where they spend their time and 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 the the value add time that they're that, that they're doing instead of again wasting time. So just since, since technology is part of the conversation, here's a few for everyone to think about. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it's a great point. You know, you, you just said about saving time, not just for consumers and honoring their time, but also for our employees. You know, that's a big deal too, right? And yes. you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. Um, Michael, talk about that a little bit about how you're handling that at APM. Like, how are you knowing <laughs> your customer? You've got a lot of them. And so how, how are you actually doing that successfully? Well, it kind of kind of worked out perfect because uh, all three of those are ones that uh, we're actually partnered with here at APM. So, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I I think it is. There's just so many technologies out there um, now that are starting to help bridge that gap. And again, I think creating that that thicker bond that's relational and not um, you know just transactional. And I think you know to to Alex's point, you know, with something where it's giving you know your your client. A, a drip campaign, you know, typically, and, you know, they're getting better and better, but, you know, if you're just doing like a typical post-close campaign, again, you're sending kind of the same email to every person after they close a loan. And so you're probably hitting the mark on some, but, you know, by nature, you're going to be missing the mark on some. But when you have something where it's giving them, you know, data on their home every month and it's tied into AVMs and, you know, has the value increased or decreased since you bought your house? What might be the next loan for you? Um, you know, now that person is invested in receiving that from you each month because you're telling them a story about them, about their asset, their home. Um, you know, there's so other... Wait a second. You're saying that plays better than banana bread recipes. <laughs> oh. Okay. I believe so, too. <laughs> But, you know, if you send me the banana bread recipe, I'm probably going to make it this weekend. So, you know, <laughs> but, you know, but I think everybody cares about, you know, this huge investment that they've made. So, 
I think that's where, you know, the key is. Or, you know, another another way what I look at, you know, like a monthly home report is to an investor that maybe if this is a second home or this is an investment property that they're renting out, do do they necessarily care about the, you know, the banana bread recipe <laughs> using that, you know, maybe, maybe not, but they for sure care how that, you know, that asset is appreciating. Um, you know, some other, some other, you know, things out there is even taking it further is, you know, now there's tools out there that allow you to even see and get notified when your borrowers have certain shopping activities, you know, whether it's just searching online or if it's they're you know, they're going out and they're actually doing actionable items as it pertains to their credit, as it pertains to, you know, listing their homes, you know, as, you know, sales boomerang does. So I think those are the things where it really is then making sure that when you're reaching out and, you know, going back to that window that you and Alex were talking about, we've got this small window. We've only got so many at bats, you yeah. know, are we hitting them at the right time? You know, are we reaching out right as you just started to look up on Google searches refinance rates. Well, yeah. guess what? Now you're looking and we already have a relationship. And so before you get bombarded by the, you know, 25 other people that are probably monitoring the same thing, you already know me. And I remember because I've got notes about your kid's birthday and my CRM that now I'm reaching out in a much more, you know, direct way that that pre-existing relationship that others aren't going to have. And so I think that's one of the keys there of leveraging those those tools. And there's so many, you know, out there. For sure, for sure. One of the ones, you know, what you're mentioning too is is uh, is, is Jornaya has, has got those indicators as well to help to help that activity start the conversation. But but you know what's really interesting? A couple things to say about in, in here is, you know, if we if we really look forward and think about what would we like the lending experience to be like. I believe there's a, there's a, a future and, and we're truly hoping to, to help build it this way. There's a future where you are scheduling the next loan conversation instead of waiting and reacting. And by the way, there's a big difference between reacting and responding, right? Um, and, and that's something we can unpack in just a minute. But right now there's a lot of reacting going on, right? Where, when can we start planning, right? There, there transactions in this industry and this industry that tries to avoid being transactional, uh, the, the, the transactions that happen, what happens at the end of a transaction is we don't know what happens next. That's what the end of the transaction looks like. Congratulations. You got this great loan. It's a 30 year fix. You're, you, you're living in this, in this, in this house now for 30 years with no changes, but that's not true, right? That's not true. We know that you're not going to have a 30-year loan without any changes, without a refinance, what, without any other activity, without any other purchases or anything like that. So I believe what, what we need to be thinking about as an entire industry, not just leaning on technology companies and, and hoping they solve it, but as an entire industry, what would, what would we like? Let's think about this for a minute. And all other parts of our life, like I knew I had to be at this airport at this time. That was a plan. I know I have to go get my oil changed. That's a plan. I have that scheduled. I know I have to take my daughters to dance. That's a plan. That's a schedule. But for some reason, in this industry, we have, maybe it's never been thought about, or we didn't think it was possible. But I think it is. 
I think if we as an industry start to think about what can we start to do with our, with our borrowers at the moment that they take a loan, what happens next and plan that out with them and be that already be that lender for them. Then this conversation 10 years from now, if there's ever a situation where we have this, this kind of roller coaster uh, event with, with super, super high refi and then dipping back and then picking back up on the purchase side in 10 years, this, this could be a, a, a non-issue for those that are prepared like you, Mike, Michael at, at APM, you guys are ultra prepared. You have, uh, you have sequenced and nuanced everything as, as much as you can which is why you invest in, in the best in the breed technologies because everyone that you invest in is actually part of your existing vision. You just see those organizations fitting into your vision, right? You're not buying into their vision, they're fitting into your vision. And so, I, you know, I throw this out there to this, to this amazing group of, of, of people on this call. What would it look like if, if things were scheduled? Like, can you guys see that, like that type of world? That's, that, that would be the dream come true. I mean, because as you're describing, you know, you need to be at the airport, you need to go do this. I'm imagining, like, wouldn't it be great if, like, you know, the Uber that you needed just showed up at the right time to get you to the airport and you didn't even have to, you know, I mean, it's like you start to think about what it could look like. And I do think that the consumer is starting to have more of an expectation, you know, as, as we've all spent far more time on Amazon <laughs> probably over the past year and a half than we did in the prior <laughs> mind. You know, there is an expectation of, you know, help me, you know, like, just make it easier for me, you know, just make the stuff show up. And, and so I think that's actually a really brilliant point about how we get intentional. So, um, Michael, I know we're, we're getting thin on time, but I want to come back to you, Michael, for your thoughts before we let uh, Alex close it off with responsi responsiveness versus reactiveness, because I'm interested in that. So, Michael. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep it short, because I'm, I'm interested in that, too. But I think, you know, I think it is really, we're seeing it in so many of the various industries where it is getting to where you can kind of expect what's next. You know, you mentioned Amazon, I get a notification and it tells me your package is 10 stops away now, you know, and why do they do that? Because people have packages that get stolen. So it's like, how do you plan to be home when your package is there? You almost have these scheduled delivery times or at least know when it's about to show up. So I think, you know, I think that it's something that, you know, we can really focus on because if now you have these borrowers and you know people that know hey you know in about three years you know we're going to be ready for that next step for you or you know in six months or whatever that looks like um again they're maybe less likely to be out looking at others or you know taking those phone calls because guess what sue's already told me i've got about six months left so you know, you can quit calling me because I've already got my plan in line with, you know, my, my person, my planner, you, you're really becoming now the mortgage planner. There you go. The loan officer. You know, right. and, and again, you know, I know that they're all played on words, but I think that planning aspect of it is going to be, is going to be really important as we head in down further with technology. I completely and, agree. And look, think about this. Sorry, Sue, to jump in for a second. So, so Michael, to that point, planning, it's not just about going, hey, in six months, you might be ready. You know, here, let's take it one step deeper um, for, for planning. Hey, Michael, when your equity is at 75 and we see your credit get to 700 and your tappable equity is at 35,000, that's when we do this. So you're not planning a date. You're planning an event, right? You're going, when these things happen, it seems by the way the markets are looking and by the way that you're, you're performing, Michael, right now, 
we're probably four to six months away. So how about this? I will keep you up to date every time you check a box. When I see your equity reach a certain level, I'm going to send you a note to say, hey, three out of, th uh, you know, one out of three boxes are checked. We're still on track, probably another four to five months to go. Oh, three months go by. Hey, congratulations. This part's on track, right? So now your, your, your tappable equity is where it needs to be. Fantastic. We're just waiting for the credit piece to be where it needs to be. Oh, if you do this one thing, Michael, your credit should be there. We might be able to cut off two months and get it done in, 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 within, within the next uh, you know, two months instead of three months, if you can just take this thing off of your credit. And, and, and that's planning, right? Like literally putting out there what, what levers are going to need to be pulled for you to get this loan and, what, and, and, and the benefit of it. Hey, when this happens, you're saving $180 a month. And for that to happen, this lever, this lever, this lever needs to be pulled. And because we have the insights, we have the signals from the companies we just talked about, you can plan based on that insight rather than let's meet in six months and see it's when we talk again, it's a loan, right? So you, you're, and, and, and drives me to another real quick point. You know, loans are not something that ever need to be sold. This is, this is a, this is a crazy, crazy thought, but wrap your mind around this. You don't have to sell a mortgage. People want what you have, right? Michael, like people come, they want a mortgage. They are sad when they can't get it. Think about that. People are upset when they cannot get a mortgage. So you don't have to sell them on it. You just have to guide them through the process. That's the cool part about the industry we're in. Everyone wants what we have. We just have to make it easy for them. Just have to make it something that they can depend on and not something that they react to. So yeah. perfect segue. <laughs> perfect well, segue. And, and I will say, you know, staying, uh, staying in touch, right? When you're talking about the largest asset that I would say most people own, unless you're a business owner or you have some, you know, insane yacht, people's homes, are usually their largest asset, largest financial transaction that they make. So I love this planning element that you're talking about, you know, um, and again, really getting refocused on what does that look like for our, our businesses going forward, where you, you have the data, be there to talk about the thing that is probably somewhere in, you know, the conscious of this person all of the time. So Alex, we're gonna close on this note, explain what you meant between being reactive and being responsive. Mm, yes, so you can react, or you can respond. Most people react. I'll give you an example. This is going to have nothing to do with the mortgage industry, this, this example, this analogy. You're cooking, and all of a sudden you get a grease fire. A reaction is screaming. A response is, is, is putting something on top of the fire. A reaction is screaming. Oh my gosh, what's happening? What? A response is suffocating the fire by putting something on top of it. So what does this mean? Most people react. They go, oh, this is going to be, that, that's it, the mortgage, you know, the refis are over, we need to, uh, everything is, is moving to purchase. Well, that's a reaction. That's not a response. The truth is, refis are not gone. Refis will never be gone. Maybe the volume of refis will go down, but refis themselves won't be gone. So I don't know if you've seen this, I'm, I'm sure you all have, this swing, of the pendulum. It's like, oh, that's it. It's, it's, it's not an incremental. It's either this or that. That's a reaction. A response is planning for the change, planning for what is coming, right? So you can react, scream, ah, or you can respond, plan, know what to do, have things in place. I can tell you right now, APM does not react. APM responds, responds to everything that happens in the market, everything that happens internally, um, you know, one of my favorite things that, that, that Michael and I talked about um, during the, the, the boom 
uh, in 2020 was the amount of people that came into APM and the commitment that APM made to all the people that are there, that they're not here to support a wave. They are now part of the team and they were committed. They were committed to making sure that those people are here as part of the team moving forward and not just in, re in, in a reaction to this amazing boom. And, and that is a, 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 just a great example of the difference between reacting and responding. And, and Michael and the team at APM, you guys, you guys knock it out of the park with that. Uh, thank you. Couldn't have said it better myself. So guys, that wraps up our budgeted time for today. And it has been such a pleasure to have this conversation. This has been a lot of fun, super fat pace. I knew that it would. Hopefully your flight didn't leave without you, Alex. Um, but I want to thank <laughs> Everybody who um, is listening today, thank you, Alex, and thank you, Michael. And hey, everybody out there, if you like what you heard, subscribe to the Mortgage Innovators podcast on YouTube, the YouTube channel, or wherever you choose to podcast. Until next time, thanks, everybody.